Greetings and welcome to Converging Streams, Interfaith Fellowship in Our Modern World. Our program is a production of the Muncie Interfaith Fellowship in the Unitarian Universalist Church of Muncie. Today's topic is Atheism is Good for Religion. Please welcome Rev. Thomas Perchlick of the Unitarian Universalist Church of Muncie. Atheism is good for religion. Atheism can be a source of good religion and good people. Now, this is not the sort of message you normally hear from religious leaders. The most common message is to demonize atheism, to use atheists, those who deny God's existence, as the pinnacle, the epitome of villainy and terror in the world. Preachers will rail and rant up and down about those who would deny the presence of God as being the source of all that is wrong in the world. My sense is that oftentimes these people are trying to avoid and deny the evil that comes from religion, from poorly applied religion, from misguided religion. They want to scapegoat someone else, and so they have created an image of someone the exact opposite they think of themselves in order to gain their strength, their power, their courage, their confidence. But in the end, it is a false idea that atheism is the enemy of religion. Atheism is good for religion. It's first of all good because it is a challenge to faith. It tempers it. It strengthens it. Doubt is essential in faith. The flow of thought must move ever in a progression of thought, as Milton said. If it does not move in a progression of thought, it muddies into a sickening pool of conformity. He said, religion must be tempered and tested, that doubt is of vital importance in the religious life because it's like an acid that eats away the false. There are different kinds of atheists. Of course, there are people who simply deny God, deny God in the sense of that there is any source of goodness, any source of hope, any source of guide to a a moral life in the world. And of course, these people should be condemned. They place no grounding, no source of direction for good and moral life, for cooperation between human beings, for the value of an individual existence. But there are other types of atheism, and the most common kind of atheism, the person who's most willing to call themselves an atheist, is usually someone who has come to that position after a lot of thought and reflection and struggling with religious ideas. They have seen the hypocrisy, the self-contradictions, and the foolishness within religion, and have come to the conclusion that it does not speak of truth. It speaks of something else altogether. If you are to be strong in your religion, you must listen carefully to the challenges of atheists. If you are going to be strong in your faith of God, you must temper it. Listen to doubt. Use it as a walking stick to allow you to go further than you would ever go simply relying on an unquestioned faith and unquestioned devotion to hope and peace and love. 
the value for atheism too, for those who are religious, is that it also brings about a certain humility, a certain realization that no matter how confident we are in our religious ideas, they are not absolute, they are not perfect. We do not have the final understanding and the absolute understanding. I've often said if you if it's able to fit in your mind, it's too small to be God. If it's able to fit in your mind, it's not big enough to be the real thing. This is an ancient idea well affirmed within theology. Augustine, the founder of most of orthodox Christian thinking, once said, cognito deus est non est, meaning that which you understand as God is not. He was saying that your understanding and your thinking about God is not the same thing as God. And you have to keep letting go of your understanding or at least holding your uh, understandings lightly, taking them with a grain of salt, as the saying goes, not enshrining them as idols of absolute perfection, clarity, and revelation. George uh, Sant had an interesting reflection on this. He said, experience has repeatedly confirmed the well-known maximum of Bacon that a little philosophy inclineth a man's mind to atheism, but depth in philosophy bringeth men's minds about to religion, at least the larger questions of religion. But George Santiana said, at the same time when Bacon penned that sage epigram, he forgot to add that the God to whom depth and philosophy brings back men's minds is far from being the same from the God that a little philosophy estranges them. In other words, the God that we have, that we're given as children or that we understand in simple ways is not the God that we could come back to after we have been tested and tempered by doubt. Oftentimes, atheists are people who have simply rejected simplistic, childish, superstitious notions of God, the, the ideas that were given to them when they were five or nine years old, and which, as they grew older, realized were ridiculous, be no more sensible than ideas of Santa Claus. But they were never given any deeper understanding. They were not given, they were told not to doubt and not to question. They were not encouraged to explore any further, and so they reject religion altogether instead of coming back and seeing, seeking the deeper sources of hope, the deeper sources of understanding, the, uh, and a certain humility before the larger powers of the universe. As uh, Carl Jung said, someone asked him once, Carl Jung, if he believed in God, and he said, I do not believe, I know. I have had the experience of being gripped by something that is stronger than myself, something that people call God. The other real value of atheism for religion is that the atheist I know, there's kind of a negative atheism, which is simply, as the, the name implies, a rejection of theism. Atheism means not theist, not theism. And it's simply a rejection of an idea. But just to reject an idea is nothing. It doesn't lead us anywhere. It's good to temper an idea, but then we come up with a deeper or more complex understanding of that idea. 
But most people who call themselves atheists are not simply denying the idea of God. They are affirming a different approach to being human. And that is what has come to be known in the modern world as humanism. Humanism originally began within Christianity, and it was a, a turning within Christianity away from an absolute focus on transcendent things and a focus upon timely things and material things, upon the worth and the well-being of human beings, on enjoying this existence. The other day I was in the hospital and saw someone who, is, who had died, his heart had stopped and had been brought back to life, and I thought of those stories in, in ancient scriptures of people being brought back to life, and I thought how science has been bringing back to life more people than, than faithful prayers ever did. And polio, all the prayers in the world did not stop polio. It was human compassion, it was human science, it was human beings paying attention to the details of this world that eliminated this disease that struck at children at the most vulnerable. It was a cruel and twisting disease. We rose together, we worked together. This is humanism, it's Christian humanism, but it does not require the idea of God. It is possible to be humanistic and to be atheistic at the same time. And this is perhaps the greatest challenge and value of atheistic humanism is that it demands practical consequences. It demands that we look at the world and try to make it better. There's a man named uh, Green Ingersoll in the 1800s who was known as the great agnostic. He said he, he felt he took the position that you really can't know uh, whether God exists or not, rather than taking a purely atheistic position of just denying God. But it was clear that his philosophy, his approach to life, was not one that depended utterly upon or even at all upon the idea of God. He said, the purpose of life is to be happy, and the way to be happy is to make others happy. There are many religious people who should listen to this proverb, this idea, this creed, who should put it into practice. And that, of course, is the ultimate message is that it is by our works, it is by our deeds that our faith is actually known and shown. There are many people who consciously and in their beliefs deny any faith in God, any faith in religion, but in the way that they live, show forth a deeper faith, a deeper commitment to the quality of human life and the future of human beings than many religious people ever do. It was in the, the letter of James to the Christian community where the phrase came up, faith without works is dead. And he repeated again in the 26th verse, he said, just as a spirit, a body without a spirit is dead, so too faith without works is dead. Now throughout the Christian scriptures, there's this emphasis on being saved by faith. All one needs to do is believe in God and uh, believe in the resurrection of Jesus and call upon God and in faith Call upon God in the name of Jesus and you will be saved. But this is a radical phrase then. For even though the other passage says that we are saved by faith, James says, if you do not put that faith into practice, if you do not live it in your daily life, if you do not show in even the smallest way each day your faith, then all your professions 
of love of God, all your professions of having a relationship with God is useless. One needs to do something in the world to show kindness and love, to show mercy and forgiveness, to show judgment against sinful things, but also compassion and care. The, all the people who I have known who are humanists, who have left behind superstitious, narrow, and limited ideas of God, have been people of a deep and abiding faith in the possibilities of human life, a deep and abiding faith in the, the ability of human beings to improve themselves, to rise above our circumstances, and to care for others. In this way, atheistic humanism has strengthened my religious movement and my religious tradition. It is one of the most distinct and vital elements of our tradition over the 20th century has been in this infusion of humanistic thinking. Still, there is a long-standing theistic tradition within Unitarian Universalism, and the idea of God in its broadest sense is certainly vital within our tradition. But a tempering, a deepening, a strengthening, a commitment to works has been furthered by the presence of an atheistic humanism. Atheism is good for religion. Let it be so throughout the world. Thank you for listening to Converging Streams, Interfaith Fellowship in Our Modern World. Our program is a production of the Muncie Interfaith Fellowship with content and financial support from the Unitarian Universalist Church of Muncie and technical support from radio stations WCRD and Work FM. Most importantly, we thank you, our listeners and followers, for your support. To connect with Converging Streams, including listening to our entire catalog of past programs, getting our latest new content, and making your own contribution to this program, visit our website, convergingstreams.org. Converging Streams is produced by Tony Piazza, George Wolf, and Thomas Perchlick. Thank you for listening and have a pleasant week. <laughs>